Welcome back, folks, to Two Brits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, an egg sandwich boy, and a Love Island hero, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the president and founder of the Leon Dreisaitl fan club, and a man who, ahead of tonight's game, will be painting his face with the George Cross, marching up and down his high street singing Vindaloo, and going to his local pet shop to buy a bulldog. Hello, every human. Will, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. Very well. Ingerland, Ingerland, Ingerland. Yes, it is, in fact, coming home, they say. I, I, I hope it is, because I have a confession to make regarding oh. tonight's proceedings. Oh, God. You've got I'll, 10 quid on Denmark or something. I do, I do. I do. Christy Eriksson with the winner. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm double booked. I'm double booked tonight. Oh, no. Oh, no. With, with non-football heads. Go on. Playing, uh, playing D&D. Oh, no. I know. Well, you can have it on in the background. Yeah, that, that, that's the, the, I'm, I'm sure I'll be able to do it. The one thing that might hold me back is the bandwidth. So we'll be playing on Roll20, which might yep. be an issue. I'm, I will use Facebook chat for the chat. So that's two sources. Okay. And, and uh, not streaming, uh, uh, playing the football legally. Um, and then I'd <laughs> imagine my darling wife will probably be occupying herself with some sort of television streaming in the front room so we'll have to wait and see we'll have to wait and see what happens you're going to try and watch a game in 240p that's going to be good <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it's going to be I, could, I suppose worst case scenario I could oh, no I can't even just have the radio on because that's not going to that's, that's Dude, the opposite but... of what I need. I need I need picture not fucking audio listening to the game on a radio like it's fucking 1963 <laughs> I, I, I used to listen to I, I used to listen to Champions League games on on radio when I was when I was a boy yeah okay when yeah so that would have been what 2001 or something <laughs> probably more like 1998 <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly 23 years ago I must admit, I did listen to a hockey game on the, you know, the 5 OT game, the Lightning Columbus game, and it went to 5 OT. Oh, fucking hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. I stayed up to the end of 3rd OT, and I just thought, I can't, I'm I'm in this deep now, I can't, but I was like, I have to go to bed and at least be in bed, because I can't have Sarah coming down in the morning and finding me with my head dumped on the desk watching, like, just at the end of a stream or something. (laughs) Yeah, the, the game is now over across the screen. Yeah, exactly, and I'm just there drooling onto the desk. So I went. I went to bed and put and found the um, on the NHL. You can have the yeah, the radio calls on Carney. Yeah, so I yeah, did yeah. that. And before that, I cannot remember the last time I listened to anything on the radio that was a sporting event because I'm just just can't do it now. Got phones and you know connected wirelessly and all that kind of thing. It's it's impossible. I couldn't do it. I'd feel like uh, one of the pause will is what I'm trying to say. One of, one of the povos. One of the povos. Yeah, one of the povos. Yeah, yeah. Can't afford a TV. Everyone gather around the local TV and watch this game. <laughs> Uh, mate, I, I feel whenever I see it on like old TV shows and stuff, I feel like I missed out on um, that period of time where if something happened during the day, like some world-shattering event, uh, everyone you know crowding around the local TV shop and watching the news on through the fucking window. Wait, mate, I'm old enough to remember those days. I'm old enough to remember the days when we'd go to t- we would me and my mates would be in town. And then at the end of about 4.45 on a Saturday, we'd rush to the local TV shop to watch the final score results come through on the video printer <laughs> to see how our teams Jesus had done. Jesus Christ. And there'd always, be, there'd always be like 30 guys stood around fucking Rumbelows or a Currys trying to stare in through the window looking at <laughs> the, the video because they always had grandstand, always had grandstand <laughs> on, which did the results on a Saturday. Because <laughs> yeah, it's like 1995 for... or something. And now for Scottish Premiership, Aberdeen <laughs> yeah, exactly. won. 
<laughs> my, my, my dad's got a good story, like, tangentially connected to this. Um, unfortunately, for, for 9-11. So on 9-11, oh, he on. was in some, like, training event in London or whatever. Yeah. And... Um, Oh, I don't like. I I don't know that. I don't know the the ins and outs of what he was doing, but he came out of wherever he was, and then in you know middle of London, you know proper city of London, city of London, streets just dead on like a whatever day it was, Tuesday or whatever it was. Holy he's like, shit! He's like, what the fuck is going on? Like walked around for a while. I like, literally didn't see anyone, so he dived into a pub, and then pubs wall to wall, everybody watching the news, and he's watching the planes going to the buildings. That's madness. mad. Can you imagine? Yeah, if you had no oh, idea God. on that day and you're stuck yeah. in a meeting or something, no access. Because people don't realise now, do they, that the kind of, as we do, <laughs> as we go on our old man rants every week, even though you're like, what, 28 or something? Yeah, yeah <laughs> we, I, I haven't uh, even hit 30 yet and I'm, I'm still I know, feeling yeah, like I've yeah. aged out of shit. But people don't remember that kind of, there wasn't 24 hour news cycles back in the day. It wasn't, you could just put on the TV and watch the news at any, you had to wait for the news to come on or. When there was or, an event or it like would that. become yeah 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 like yeah when there was an event like news that was the event yes. like you yeah, know the something, news was something the fucked event up that day. gone on yeah exactly if you turn on at like two o'clock and the BBC's showing the news you've got to think fuck now what's happened yeah something's gone wrong and you didn't have access to mobile phones weren't the same there was no sort of real right. news available on mobile phones or not for the average person on... at least. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were super rich, probably you had one that could do all the newfangled stuff, like oh, get the internet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Whereas most of us were still sending fucking side-scrolling texts, and we've only got 100 <laughs> characters and stuff like that. God, that's mad. I can't imagine, though. Your dad must have been thinking, all right, is there, like, are we at war or something? I mean, I guess we were at war in a way, but well, I can't yeah, imagine right walking up. out and just seeing, especially London, which is always just chaos and mayhem. And for it to just be... It's like the beginning of 28 Days Later. It's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. There, there must have been a moment like when he was walking around trying to get to a pub or whatever where he was just like, imagine all the different scenarios that were running through his mind thinking, fuck, what is it? Like, yeah, like I say, is it war? Is there... Are we under attack? Like, fucking whatever. And, and, and never in a million years would you have thought it was what it was. Yeah, that's true. And, 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 and that's... Kind of a... Sorry, just that, that idea... I don't. I don't know if you're, you know, if you remember enough pre nine eleven, the thought of people not considering a terrorist attack as a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like now, nowadays, you know, if you, unfortunately, if you hear, you know, someone's someone's driven a truck into a crowd of people, someone's X, Y, and Z, you know, name the terrorist attack. If you, if it comes across the news, it isn't. Not to say it's not a surprise, but it doesn't have that same magnitude that 9-11 had. And I can't no, it's imagine not the same. No, it's those last the same. moments before you find out, especially in that situation where you know something's happened and then you suddenly find out, oh, it was a fucking international terrorist attack that killed thousands of people. Yeah, and because of the 24-hour news cycle now, it is like that, that they will cover a big story, but then there'll be another story that they have to move on to. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas back in the day, that was the story for two weeks, three weeks, and that was it. There was nothing else that was sort of deemed worthy of reporting on. And you're right about sort of terrorist attacks or like uh, ultra real, uh, ultra religious people, you know, doing things in the name of that and all that kind of stuff. We did kind of have that up here because obviously in the UK we had oh, the, the old IRA the troubles, thing. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, the, you know, the Troubles in Ireland and the Republican Army and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind. We did kind of have those things, and they, the IRA did set off a bomb in Warrington, which is probably twenty minutes from where I live. And we were there yeah. the um, in the afternoon, and they set the bomb off. I think we left about two hours before the bomb went off. Oh my god! So we, so we were kind of aware of that. But again, it wasn't the same. That yeah, like the whole nine eleven thing was a global thing. I did have a last thing before we got into the news, but I remember that as it was happening, I was living in Didsbury, which is a, a little, uh, which is part, sort of part of a little town in Manchester. And my mum rang me and said, "Obviously, you know, oh my God, you've seen the news, blah blah blah." I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, "You need to come home." And I said, "Why?" And she said, "Well, what if they attack Manchester?" And I said, Mum, I don't think they're going to aim for this small village in Manchester. They've just like, <laughs> they've literally just gone to the Pentagon and the World Trade Center. I don't think they're coming for this little town, the Sleepy Hamlet in Manchester. I don't think they care that much about what we're going on with. I was thinking, I'm not going to drive home. Are you mad? But, for, yeah, forget Canary uh, Wharf. It's uh, straight to yeah. Didbury. <laughs> straight to Didbury. <laughs> That's where the real action is. We need to get. We need to stop them. Okay, we'll start off this week with some really, really, really sad news, which is. Just horrendous. And a little conversation off the back of this, but uh, Matisse Kivlenex, the goalie, uh, goalie in the Blue Jacket system, dies in just a horrific way. We won't dwell on this too much, but kind of conflicting reports at the start that he hit his head and all that kind of stuff, but he didn't. It was an incident involving fireworks, and oh obviously God. you can read about it if you want to, and I'm sure you've heard about it, but do you know what's... Like, I don't know why, but when it's something like this or a bizarre injury like this, it just makes it seem so much worse for me. I don't know why that is, and no death is ever, you know, no, no death is better than another one or more sad than another one, however you want to look at it, but a guy who's so young, just having fun at a party, and then it's just a kind of wacky sort of incident, I don't know, it just, when it's out of the ordinary like this, it just seems to kind of get to me more, I'm not sure why. I, I think, um, you know, not to put words in your mouth or anything, but when it's such a freak accident like this, it does... For me, at least, just hammer home that, like, shit, we could go at a fucking moment's notice. Yeah. Like, there is there is no rhyme or reason to death. It's as much as plenty of death is, is like you say, predictable is not the right word, but you can see it coming to an extent in normal circumstances. Stuff like this really just hammers home how much, you know, bam. It could, it could be your time at any at any moment, and... For for Matisse, Matisse's family, it's got to be horrendous for a 24 years old, so young. And, you know, not, again, death is horrible no matter who you are, no matter your situation. But for for the boy, on the eve of what was going to basically be his, day, his rookie NHL season, you know, the, not, not to turn it into fucking cap-friendly talk, but like Blue Jackets were going to have to get rid of a goalie, almost certainly, or more likely to get rid of a goalie. He was almost definitely going to have his first time as, a, as an NHL backup, you know, on the on the eve of of his his dream becoming a reality, and he dies in in such a freak and not even preventable necessarily, you know, no fault of anyone's necessarily. It's just one of those things that happens, and yeah, for, by all accounts, according to our reporters line and everyone who's reported on it. Not just a, a young a young man who's lost his life tragically early, a stand up young man who's lost his life tragically early, and yeah, I think it's safe to say our thoughts go out to to Matisse's family and anyone who was who was close to him and and all of that, and yeah, fucking hell, yeah, terrible stuff. Okay, let's go on to the finals. I think it was a uh, 
a real gutsy win from the Habs two nights ago. I will say that Tampa lost that game because they were absolutely battering the Habs and the Habs just found a way to, to get one. And I will, I do believe the mayor of Tampa does deserve some credit for giving the Habs <laughs> some, uh, some bulletin board material to fire them up before <clears> the game. Is that a stupid thing to say? Do you think it makes any difference what she said in like the, the in the context of the game? No, of course it doesn't. Does it? Of course does it, it give the Habs right. any? Does it give the Habs any extra oomph? Is it in the back of their mind somewhere? I I'm not saying it is. I'm just asking it, a question. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> Elimination game for you know Stanley Cup final winning game, the game of their season. If they need, if they used any extra bulletin board material, if there was any room in their like system for more oomph to come out because of bulletin board material been a lot of them do you know what I mean like like, you know like yeah I'm sure I'm sure some of them read it and thought oh yeah stuff you whatever your name is Mary Tampa but fucking hell I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Dushan was doing his pre-game talk and none of them just none of them looked interested none of them cared (laughs) and he went and just one more thing, lads. Have you seen this from the mayor of Tampa? And they all went, right, that's it. <laughs> now right. I'm going to try. I wasn't bothered before, but now I am. Now I really care. <laughs> before the game, Shane Weber's actually taken his equipment off. And he's like, do you know what? I'm, I'm done. He's walking out of the locker room in his street clothes. Yeah, Duchamp runs me. in and says, look, look, just from the Tampa Bay Sun. Yeah, read this quick. He's like, You'll change right. your mind. Shea Weber rips open his shirt and he's got his gear on underneath like Superman. It's like, right! <laughs> oh my god. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it. a cool, it's a cool little story, but fucking hell, what a, what a joke. What a joke. But but let, let me be the first to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning on winning the 2021 Stanley Cup. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get out ahead of it now. Dude, what has to happen is, what has to happen, I pray to God they win tonight, because it's a Wednesday night game, uh, obviously tropical storm withstanding, but... I hope to God they win tonight and the mayor does a press conference tomorrow and goes, cheers, lads, it worked. Thanks a lot. <laughs> like she absolutely, pull, she just flexes it and she kind of makes it seem like it was her plan all along. That would be so good. <laughs> cheers, guys, for game four, giving them an easy one. I appreciate that because then you could come back and win it in front of your own fans. Good work. She she does make a good point though. Like, you know, to be after, after the last couple of years and that like the Tampa fans didn't get to see yeah, you know, nobody got to see the Lightning left the Stanley Cup last year. To to then do it at home in front of your fans with your family, it's going to be an infinitely more enjoyable experience. Not that winning in Montreal wouldn't have been fun, but yeah, I, I can I can definitely understand where she's coming from by saying it. Yeah, me too. I, I, it's not. I don't think it's a bad thing to say. It makes sense. No, of course, power you'd rather to win it in front of your own fans. You win, you win. Whatever, that's fine. But ideally, you'd rather win in front of your own fans, of course. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Also, it'll be safer for Tampa as well because you know what Canadian markets are like when they lose cup finals. <laughs> I think it's better yeah, if Tampa win it in front of their own fans. They haven't got to dodge burning cars and fucking the sky falling all around in, in Montreal. Yes, especially not not only have we got a track record with Canadian markets losing in the Stanley Cup final, we specifically have a different kind of track record of writing in Montreal when it comes to <laughs> who, who knows what would have happened? There would have been deaths. There would have been. It's a fair point. That's a fair point. Poor Tyler Johnson see... would have been murdered. Yeah. Did you see the... I can't remember who tweeted it out, but somebody said that the Habs should maybe have a little parade anyway for doing better than anybody thought. Oh, my God. Some, <laughs> someone so moronic that even... Was it Grant McCagg? That freak from Montreal? I have no idea. 
some some fucking utter mutant from Montreal, some mental writer. <laughs> um, yeah, even he was saying this is this is madness. You hats off to whoever tweeted that out. That's fucking incredible work. Yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. They should they should hang a banner. They should hang a fucking banger, ba- a, ba- a banger of a banner, a banger of a banner. They do say you want to get people talking, don't they? If that's your, if you're in the news yeah. business, then he's created some news there. Good for him. He fucking has like in- incredible news. Like that's that's unprecedented. That's got to be the dumbest thing anyone's ever said. And fucking hats off to him. Do you know? Just that, I'll put it out there. The Habs are currently sixteen to one to win the cup. You oh, never know. I'm just saying. 16 like to it. 1, you never know. I like it. Not bad, not bad. In a two-horse race, and you've only got to win three games, not saying, you know, but... <laughs> and they, they've, done it, they've done it already. They've done it already. Done it already. They've come, they were down, come back from 3 I don't know if anyone down. knows this, but the Habs have been down 3-1 before in this Stanley Cup run. I don't know if anyone knows that or not. It, it was a little game that happened, what feels like, about six <clears> months ago now, but they were. To a team that wears blue and white and begins with T. Holy shit. And has, and has three, three words has in three words in the team name, yeah, exactly. Exactly. T, T and L being the last um the last words. Damn, the clues are there. And now I'm the mayor of Tampa's given them the extra impetus as well to actually try and play instead of not playing like they were before. <laughs> hmm. This is this is one of those yeah. ones where if it happens I'll feel like a fucking idiot for not putting five quid on it just because it's oh, just mate. for lols. <laughs> like when Leicester won the uh, won the league. Like, yeah, ah. some guy had like a grand on him, didn't he? At like ten thousand to one or fucking twenty five grand or something. <laughs> something stupid. Oh, to be fair, I have got money on the Habs anyway. So I had, I had a oh, bet yeah, on the yeah. Habs or the Islanders to win the cup when both their series were two all, and I got seven to one, which is ridiculous <sighs> odds <laughs> when there was four teams left and they were currently tied in the series. So I've been kind of sneaky root again, high Bruins fans. I've been sneaky rooting for the Habs <laughs> anyway. So because <laughs> fucking dude. I will. I told you. I've said before. I'll sell my soul for fucking. Um, what's the word? Loyalty. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the money. Thanks. So, yeah, especially if there's a couple of quid involved. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm absolutely yeah. buzzing for the lightning to come out tonight and just fucking destroy the Habs. So another like eight nil. Lot of Islanders dispatching. Just yeah, beyond any doubt. Proper partying halfway through the second period kind of game. <laughs> They just play the third and fourth lines the whole second and third period. <laughs> no, not even that. They like fucking change goalies, get get the backup goalie in there, fucking whoever. That. Whoever. Oh my god! Wouldn't that be something? You know, instead of you know when they say, "Oh well, they were already winning seven nil," and I can't believe they put their top power play on. No, you should get battered if it, if you can make it fifteen nil, make it fifteen nil. How about though with like two minutes left? They should swap out the goalie. For the second and third period, if they're up, and then with like ten seconds left, put Vasilevsky back in so he can get all the hugs. <laughs> yeah, who's and then it counts Vasilevsky's win. I think because yeah. he finishes the game. Oh, mate, that that'd be beautiful. And then end up with shit like, you know, they're looking at and seeing who doesn't have a goal in the playoffs, and they start just like proper taking the piss, trying to get like fucking <laughs> Ross Colt and a Stanley Cup final goal and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. I think Tampa are going to be. I think Tampa are going to be fine after the way they. I mean, Tampa should have won Game Four easily. They just didn't get the bounces that day. And I think yeah, especially with just... that, that four minute power play as well. Like that should have. Uh, yeah, should have been it. Exactly. But what, what can you do? What can you do? Yeah, and I think Tampa aren't. This is one of those things where being in that position before Tampa are not going to panic. They're not going to freak out. Don't need to change anything. Just do it again, boys. And this time you'll probably win. You'll be fine. So 
Yeah, they, well, they uh, still have fucking three chances to to beat them. Which uh, yeah, we'll throw out a kind of premature. Well done to Tampa now, but we'll see. No, it, it won't be premature by the time people are hearing this. Probably. <laughs> All right, let's start the show. As always, we're brought to you by Wave Intel. The season is unbelievably nearly over, but the new season will be here quicker than we realise. So with that, head over to Wave Intel to check out all the stats, analytics, data that you need to decide on which free agents your GM should be looking at or which players he should be re-signing. Wave Intel online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Check out the Three Men and the Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And of course, on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, Anywhere else you can listen. Leaves us a nice review. It helps a lot. Tell your friends if you like the show because we're nice people. A couple of news bits that happened after we finished the show last week. Joel Erickson Eck gets a, a new contract. I'm very high on this deal. Uh, you weren't as high as I am, but we both agree it's uh, a good bit of business from the Lightning. Uh, the Lightning, the Wild. The Lightning, oh God, yeah. Still got Lightning on my mind. The Wild, yes, of <laughs> course. <laughs> even, even better than the Lightning. They're fucking loving even it. Even better, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah yeah like he's he's a very good very 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 good player very good player um it's just length in it length as as always could be worse yeah but I this mean, is come on this is the time when you should be handing out eight year contracts he's what twenty four twenty five yeah very true like at the end when he's what thirty two is he or thirty two thirty three probably thirty two yeah yeah thirty two so this is when you should get an eight year deal sorted out nah, for the team it makes sense. You're absolutely right, and if he if he adds a bit more scoring to his um to his game, which he could easily do if if they fucking play him with Capri Capri or something, then yeah, you're absolutely laughing at five point two five for for arguably the best defensive centre in the in the league. I mean, he's up there for sure. He'll definitely yeah. be if he is, if his projections are going the way they should be going, he will absolutely be up right up there at the. Uh, I think I said last year he was basically the NHL's Claude Makélélé. Was that he's kind of <laughs> unnoticed? Role. Yeah, he plays that Claude Makélélé role. He's unnoticed, underappreciated, but does his job really well. And if you go and look at his numbers and his stats and his analytics and all that kind of thing, it makes absolute sense. It is interesting that I'm wondering if there's now a theme here where instead of players getting money, they're getting term, so they're making it last over a longer period of time. I'm only thinking that because of the Nugent Hopkins deal that he got eight years, and now Ericsson X got eight years. And I'm wondering if that's the way that the teams are going to maybe try and work it this offseason because of uncertainties about money and the cap and all that kind of thing. That, okay, well, you want this much money, but we're going to have to stretch it out over eight years to kind of fit it all in. To be fair, looking at the numbers now, from uh, from the boys that are involved Wild, Ericsson Eck is, is a classic, one of those classic players of like, his, his uh, expected goals and stuff are so high. If you just put him in the right positions, in theory, he's going to going to improve his offense anyway so yeah yeah very exciting for them they might actually have a good number one center don't look now but it might the dream <laughs> might come true yeah and they still got to get Fiala sorted out still got to get Kaprizov sorted out they will do and then they've just got to work out about Parise and uh, Ryan Suter haven't they I mean they'll probably keep Suter because he's still decent enough you know he's not he's not terrible Ryan Suter 
But yeah, that Parisi no. deal has fucking got to go, isn't it? Again, though, Ryan Suit was 36. Are you banking on that he's yeah. going to be still as good next year or the year after or the year after? Here's a question then. Do you, if you're Minnesota, little cheeky, little cheeky side cracking deal, do you get them to, well, if you can convince Parise or Suter to waive their no move, we'll give you Parise or Suter and a, and a first. Because they've got, while well, they've got two firsts this year. I, I don't necessarily know whether convincing Parise and Suter is the, is the issue. It's convincing the fucking Kraken. <laughs> That's like, a great he, point. I'm... I'm <sighs> four more years at age 36 like it's one thing if you've already got the deal to try to convince yourself alright yeah he's, he's decent enough that we can make it work but the the, the Kraken aren't, aren't idiots as everybody knows like I can't I couldn't imagine them taking on four years of seven and a half million 36 year old Ryan Suter for a first round pick I don't think unless his salary retained which I'm guilty kind of, of this I, I'm guilty of this, and my answer is always to a bad contract. I'll just send him to Seattle. <laughs> like, Seattle is just going go, to go, oh, thanks, Seattle. yeah. We'll take this shit off your hands. Thanks a lot. And, oh, okay, yeah, we'll just we'll just take this bad contract on this player for another four years. Oh, cheers, yeah, we'll take that. No issues. No, yeah, the, the Seattle are probably going to go, no, get fucked. <laughs> we'll take another good player who's, like, That's cheaper. That's why I, I think moving Parise is going to be easier, perversely, just because there was that talk of it, of him going to the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, maybe in exchange for Andrew Ladd, but still, if you're getting a couple of mil off the cap, it's a couple of mil, isn't it? True. And as well, I, I'm saying, would you try and offload Parisi or Suter if you could and package them with a first to Seattle? I think the price would be a lot higher than that, seeing as it costs Toronto a first to get rid of one year cheaper of Patrick Marlowe. It costs yeah, it cost Toronto a first for that. So this is worth at least three <clears throat> firsts, in my opinion. <laughs> That's the thing. And, and it's, it's one of those classic ones where... Yeah, if you if you keep Suter, you know you're going to need that first before the end of his contract anyway. Whoever you draft, you're right. Looking at um, looking at the Wild as well. I don't know how they're going to go. They're going to have to go four and four, aren't they? Because they've got four defensemen with no moves. Hang on. Well, Matt Dumba's got a modified no trade, so he'll have he'll have a got, list. Yeah, but I mean they could they'd maybe have to go four and four, and they've got a lot of players who I could see that. Would be maybe desirable to, you know, like we said, I don't. Victor Rask is, you know, perfectly fine. I think Felino's fine. Greenway's fine. Hartman's fine. Like, if you're building an expansion team, I think there's definitely a couple of players there that Seattle would be looking at rather than the two fucking <laughs> rocks around your ankles that I just mentioned. Well, I, th- I think the, the, a lot of the talk is that they're going to finally trade Matt Dumper, which, yeah. Why not? I suppose. I mean, you've just you've just committed to Jonas Brodeen and Jared Spurgeon. Obviously, Jared Spurgeon's fantastic, but yeah, if you've just committed to Brodeen, you've kind of got to get rid of Dumber, especially as he's probably going to come in at a bigger cap hit than than Brodeen, and arguably, you know, someone will pay him more than Spurgeon's being paid. He could be an eight eight million dollar defenseman. I could see it. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if they. They do some sort of jiggery pokey, pokery to get him to Seattle in exchange for some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of sweetener from Seattle going the other way. Yeah, and his, Dumba's been out there for a while, hasn't he? I know that he's had yeah, trades good couple of years. circling for for some time, which is maybe he's one of those guys that um, everyone seems to think is quite good, and maybe he really isn't. I don't know. I think um, I think I probably have Dumba over Seth Jones. Oh God, I was just going to say about Seth Jones. Yeah, I think I would too. Dumbers, Dumbers, mm. good. 
Dumba's Dumba's a good player. Plays good hockey, in my opinion. Dumba does that good hockey. He he does that hockey good. He does that hockey good. Uh, A trade that did go through. Victor Arvidsson goes to the Kings for a second rounder and a third rounder. This deal, to me, the first thing it said was, was that the Kings are now in kind of, okay, we're kind of being semi-serious now. We're not... We're not building. We've done our building. We've got a good depth. We've got good players. I think they're kind of now looking at, okay, let's get some pieces around these guys and sort of start to go for it. And I think an element of that comes from them looking at the rest of their roster and thinking, right, if we're going to do... We've, you know, they're, they're almost at a crossroads of either we wait it out until... <laughs> until, you know, you're fucking... Um, what's the word? Drew Doughty's and your Kopitar's are, are, are more movable, which looking now is still well. Drew Doughty not for a million years, but yeah, it's, nope. it's either it's either shit or get off the pot now. Either they power out and try and do something while they still have Kopitar, and they still have Johnny Quick and all that, or you commit to, to rebuilding for fucking seven years. So I I I get it. It makes sense timing wise. I think that's worth a go. I mean, crikey, you're not going to get a better slate of prospects than they have really oh yeah no they're cl- clear clearing away every prospect <coughs> pool ranking has them first by some way you've just yeah and, sure and rightly so like it's not yeah yeah they should that. have they're all amazing they and you just hope that they're, they're all going to develop do you let me put this to you as a uh, as a wacky idea go on if you're the kings right and you have that prospect pool if they are in that mode now of okay we want to start to try and build a team either via trade or free agency or that kind of thing. Would you just say fuck it to all your picks for the next two years and try and just build a team? Because you don't really need the picks for the next couple. I get this kind of maybe a silly idea, but if you've got that prospect pool and they've got, like we said, according to prospect rankings, they've got five or six that people say, holy shit, this guy's going to be something. Not just one or two like most teams. They are five or six. Would you maybe say, okay, for the next couple of years, forget the fucking draft. We're just going to get as many players via trades as we can. Throw a couple of firsts out there, a couple of seconds, and try and really build a winning team. I mean, it seems like they are already considering that, you know, doing the, the second round and the third round of 22 for Arvidsson. But if, if I was in Rob Blake's shoes, I'd almost sooner look at, you know, not many, but moving the prospects rather than the picks. Not all of them, yeah. obviously, but okay, just yeah, in the sense, sense of, yeah, yeah help. Yeah, they have great prospects at the moment. Uh, a fucking King's Ransom of incredible prospects. They could all not turn out to be that game-breaking player that you need, you know? And I think I'd rather... The only real difference between the draft picks and the prospects at the moment, obviously the prospects you've seen a bit more of from most of them around that 2021 mark, or are coming in with a whole lot of uh, cachet a la Quinton Byfield. But none of them are getting any younger. So if, you know, the majority, say say four out of five of them bust, and then the last one is just like a decent enough player, you've then got nothing left if you've traded away all your picks to get other players. Do you know what I mean? I'd sooner yeah, trade away one or two of the prospects and then have... Okay, now we've got another couple of eighteen-year-olds coming in, you know, getting younger and, and just stretching out that. So you've still got the similar sort of odds of getting good players, providing you draft well, but you're just stretching out that period of right. If this one doesn't work, then we're not relying on some twenty-four-year-old to turn it around because we've got a nineteen-year-old who might turn it around. You know, 
equivalent, right? Yeah, I guess. And I, I, I know we've um, everyone's speculating about Eichel and all that kind of thing. The Kings, to me, would seem to be the team who has the the most kind of availability in re- in regards to players and picks and all that kind of thing. But well, they're they're we'll the see. ones who have who have the, the prospects who are most likely to become Jack Eichel, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it's gone quiet on that front, so we'll see. I mean, uh, just to just you wait until draft the draft. Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Draft in two weeks. That's what we need. We need a blockbuster draft on the on draft. A blockbuster trade on draft night is what we need. I, I finally want this this mythical, you know, draft day trade that fucking changes the league. Because it feels like every year it's like oh, I was just waiting for the draft. It's going to be mental shit that happens in the draft, and then it's like I don't know. Tuesday the 16th of July at fucking 2.30 in the afternoon happens. You know, it's, ne- <laughs> it's never on the event. It's always just out of the yeah, blue, yeah. randomly. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've tried, uh, fucking Colorado have tried to do Matt Duchesne or whatever, like P.K. Subban, all that shit. Yeah, you want, it, you want Gaz to come up to the podium with a big fucking <clears throat> roll of computer, with a big roll of computer paper and read off just some <laughs> stupidly long trade <laughs> that involves like four teams, picks one... <laughs> And fucking twenty eight, moving with three and twelve, and all this kind of stuff. That's what we need on draft. He's, night, he's on like podium. holding, holding a fucking dot matrix printer, and it's yeah. like sparking and smoking, <laughs> and there's reams and reams of it coming out. It's like, oh, I've got a few trades to announce. Yeah, if I got something to tell you folks, you're gonna want to hear this. <laughs> on For the a back seventh of round Arbit- pick in two thousand and twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> On the back of the uh, Kings deal, obviously the other team involved is the is the Predators. I think this is kind of a a smartish move by the Predators because Arvidsson had been injured quite a bit and his production had maybe gone down a little bit. The last and I think couple of years haven't been very good. Yeah, they also haven't got many players who are uh, protected. Well, they've got one, which is Roman Yossi, who's got a no move clause. So all their players could be exposed. In theory, obviously they're not all going to be exposed, but they could be. <laughs> Is this the start of maybe a little a cheeky little retool for Nashville? Do you think there may be... Here's the thing as well. Do you think they're going to expose Duchesne or Johansson? I wonder if they'll expose both of them and just try yeah, I and think so. say, look, take, take whichever one you want because they're the biggest... By Yossi, they're the biggest uh, cap hits on the, on the board for, for the Predators and probably the most overpaid out of, out of anyone you've got on that roster at the moment, really. Yeah, I... I, I'm kind of with you. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they do expose a lot of them. You know, protect the big three defensemen. You know, Yossi, Ellison, Ekholm. Then, yeah, let whatever be be. Because I think Dante Fabro is protected for for his age or games played or whatever. Same with uh, Ily Tolvanen. Can I say it? Who else do you fucking want on that team? The way around it is, I guess you do you do four you go four and four, don't you? <coughs> well, yeah, because even 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 four on four, it's just eight, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the other way is seven seven and three seven four is three defensemen or four. And four. Yeah, but the the four the four and four is more like a, a sort of common assumption. You know, what I mean, it's not that you have to do four and four. It's just that's the way no, you yeah, can of course, do four no, yeah. and four. Yeah, they could do, do just fucking they could just do Forsberg, and then all of their D. Not that you. Fucking hell! If if I'm David Poyle, I'm looking at my I'm looking at my fucking exposure list. I'm I'm, 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 I'm you're just doing four. Mate, <laughs> it, yeah, just I'm, four. I'm dipping into my fucking AHL squad and I'm fucking 
don't know, I'm protecting fucking whoever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. know half of these geezers. I'm, I'm Michael McCarran. Fuck it, he's on my protected list. Like, Rem Pitleg. <laughs> fucking whoever you want. Do you know what I mean? Like, just, just fucking take them. Take them up. Take anyone off my NHL squad. All of them. Again, though, that's then assuming then that Seattle go, oh, we'd love to take Ryan Johansson. <laughs> four years at $8 million. Yeah, of course we'll take him. He's been terrible for the past three years. What a great deal for us that would be. Or they're yeah, going to go, it... no, actually, thanks. We're going to take it. We'll take Kali Yarncroc instead because, you know, it just makes more sense. Yeah, I'll either take Kali Yarncroc or fucking get one of their old cheap UFAs for like one year at 700 grand so you don't have to take yeah, any of their yeah. players. Yeah. We'll take Brad Richardson. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that that could be it again. Little side, little side deal. Will you take? Uh, you know, we'll give you Ryan Johansson and this player and the second if you get that cap off, off our books. Mate, yeah, they Maybe. they should they should pull a Florida, but do it with bad players instead of good players. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, they should do a reverse Florida. We'll give you uh, Philip Forsberg and Ryan Ellis uh, as long as you promise to take Matt uh, um, Duchesne. Thank you very much, Matt Duchesne. Yeah, yeah, easy. Who who would you who would you keep, Duchesne or Johansson? Oh Jesus! Gotta keep one. That full whack. I take Johansson. I just don't like Matt Duchesne as a player. I just don't think he's any good at all. I think he's it's, it's his little rat I just face, don't think he's it? any good. And he's he's older and he's got longer term. Yeah, that's Matt that's du- what Matt it... Duchesne you've got for an extra year. Okay, if Johansson and Duchesne are both busts, well, I've only got Johansson for four years. It's better than five years. One hundred percent. That's 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 exactly it for me. Like I don't give a fuck. They're the same fucking shit player as far as I'm concerned. I just keep uh I, yeah, keep Johansson. There's just I don't know. I, I've just never got the Matt Duchesne thing. We've been talking about it for years, haven't we? <laughs> we just don't. Understand. Yeah, like he he was fine in Colorado, but not uh yeah, he was never never the nuts, was he? No, he. We said at the time he's not first line eight million dollar center material. He just isn't. He's, if you had him at five, you'd be like, nah, he's all right at five, I suppose, but not first he's a, line. He's a first line winger as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Look at look at his numbers. He's never what he had he had a really good season in 2013-14, and ever since he's just been fucking average as fuck. Oh, he was good for the Senators as well, yeah, I forget about that. But oh yeah, he's been bang average ever since. Like not a bad player at all. But no, but like we said though, not fucking, $8 million worth of play, yeah, not 10% oh, so, of your cap. So overrated, so overrated. Not, not in like the, the court of pub, public opinion, like just by the fucking NHL. Yeah, you've got you've got nearly 20% of your cap in two guys who just are just kind who of... Are, who are just fucking there. bang average. Like, and yeah, <laughs> very average. The the Johansson thing I, I get more because that was, I feel like that was more of a gamble slash investment from the Predators. At the time, it made he, sense because they had an abundance they, of D and they wanted a centre. Well, okay, go to Columbus. Oh, yeah, you've got a centre you don't want. All right, cool, yeah, we've got a defenseman you can have. There you go, easy. But, yeah, it's just a... He, he just It's more that uh, Johansson hasn't developed how you'd want him to as opposed to... And, yeah, you could you could say the same about Matt Duchesne, but I feel like the writing was a bit more on the wall with Matt Duchesne. Yes, yeah, I agree. With, with the Johansson trade, you're taking a risk in that trade. Whereas Mike Duchesne's a free agent. You don't have to do anything. And you don't have to give him $8 million. When it was clear the whole time he wanted to go there, 
he was he. It was like the worst kept secret. Matt Duchesne will end up in Nashville because he loves it there. And they still said and went, "Oh yeah, we'll give you eight million dollars to go to a place you want to go to." You'd start off at like four and a half and just say if he took seven or six and a half or something. They they should have gone year to year with him from the get go. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Shouldn't have given him eight. Give him eight million in the first season. I don't care. But then next, it treat like fucking Joe Thornton never got long term in San Jose after after he, yeah after he got old. But because everyone knew he fucking loved it, he didn't need to go long term. Let's take it year by year, see what happens. <laughs> so absolutely what they should have done with Matt Duchesne. There's a ton of teams who've got very bad contracts. A ton of teams who've got really bad contracts. <laughs> I'd, I'd say there's roughly thirty one of them at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. Some I think some some teams are okay. I'm talking when I'm talking really bad. If like Nashville, they've got 16 million dollars tied up in two like average centers, which is two way just too much. Geezers. Who yeah. who else doesn't have any bad contracts? T- Tampa excluded. Yeah, Tampa doesn't. Um, I don't think I don't think Saint. Louis I mean that that, that, that Yanni Gord contract is bigger than I'd want it to be, and he has a no trade. True, it's, but that's the, not bad. I, like, I, yeah, but I think it's a thing subjective. Like, as soon it's subjective, as, isn't it? As soon That's as Tyler Johnson's out, it's it's bad when you're in cap hell. He is really good. He's really good, but as soon as Tyler Johnson's out of Tampa, Yanni Gord is going to be not public enemy number one, but it's going to be like, well, fucking hell, Yanni Gord's got to go. Well, hang on. The words "tamper" and "cap hell" can't exist in the same sentence. You know that they'll never be in cap they, hell because they they'll don't just know. work it out. They don't recognise the uh, the salary cap. <laughs> they don't recognise cap or hell. They, they, so they diplomatically do not uh, do not accept the salary <laughs> cap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. To, to be fair, you are right. There are more teams than not that have bad contracts. But when I say bad, I mean oh fucking hell! Like these are actually hamstringing you to do anything. I don't. Right, think go on, go on. Give me give me give me any random team, and I'll tell you which which contract fits that criteria. St. Louis. <laughs> uh, try all of them. Try all- <laughs> what are you talking about all of them? They they are fucking death by a thousand cuts. It's all the fucking all of their players are on over five million. I don't know how they've done it, but every single player on that roster. I like this magical roster- world. I like this magical world where you're a GM. Nobody makes more than four million a year, and they're happy to do that. <laughs> yeah, and they and they they play on they they sign on a game to game basis. They're all on professional players. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, they, their you... contracts—they're on a—they're on a rolling month-to-month contract. <laughs> well, you only had—you only had six points this month, so fucking sling your hook. Okay, I, I can get rid of. I can fire him because he's still on probation. What are you talking yeah. about, Willie? He's the franchise leader in games played. <laughs> <laughs> it's been here fifteen years. Uh, no, the the fucking obvious contract there is Jordan Binnington. Binnington's isn't that bad for me, only because they don't have any others that, in my opinion, that are terrible. So they can almost kind of hide it in a way. I don't love the contract, and I don't, I don't think it was a good deal. But because they haven't got anyone making ten or nine or even eight, to me it's like, well, okay, then give him six. I kind of uh, all right. What about what about a snapped in off Vlad Tarasenko with a no trade at seven and a half? Again, it's not. Again, it's not great, but um, it's it's not like franchise killing is what I'm trying to say. It's not. I mean, we've got to really fucking do some jiggery pokey to work something out because we're fucking screwed otherwise. I don't think they're that bad. How about, like, Colorado? There's another team. I don't think they've got any terrible contracts. Okay, yeah, yeah, Colorado. Uh, oh, hang on, hang on. There's going to be someone here. I'm not saying there's none. 
obviously there are. There's probably more teams than not have got contracts to make you go, oh, Jesus Christ, what is this? Yeah, it's it's a problem think... where like you almost need to hit that eight million dollar mark to be a real problem contract, or like at yeah. least at least seven million and with term. So I'll I'll give you that. I get a up Boston. There you go. There's okay. someone there that I don't love, but yeah. Again, there's no contract. I'm talking about contracts, yeah. like I say, that hamstring a team from doing anything. That you just kind of like, well, we can't do anything because we just can't even move anybody to do this. Like Edmonton have been in the past few years. They couldn't even move people. It was so bad. And they just had to pick and steal and bar- uh, borrow and beg. And, oh, this guy's been cut. Okay, well, we'll put him on a buyout deal or something. Stuff like that. Yeah. I, th- I think for Boston, like the, the Warriors, Charlie Coyle in a couple of years. Oh, yeah, for sure. But but like Binnington, if you're if you're making five and you're not performing that much, it doesn't kill you if no one else around you is making any more than seven. But, that, but then that's that's the thing with the coil one for me, uh, and uh, far, to a far lesser extent the the Binnington one because they haven't got any good fucking players there. But like, what you're going to have to re-sign Brad Marchand in a couple of seasons. I know he's going to be uh, sorry, David Pasternak in a couple of seasons. That's even worse. Uh, Brad Marchand, yeah, less of an issue. Uh, what Charlie Charlie McAvoy is going to need a new contract. <laughs> Probably going to need to sign a goalie at some point. Maybe you're going to keep Taylor Hall. Like I just think, yeah, there. What four, five, four, four? Can I read five more years of Charlie Coyle, who isn't really turned into that second line centre you wanted him to be? That's Agreed. going to be a fucking issue. I don't think it will, and I'll tell you why. It's because there is a. There is a culture there, like kind of Colorado, when your best players only make six or something million, like McAvoy's not going to get 10 and a half or 11. I guarantee you he's not. I guarantee you he's going to probably make around seven and a half, which is not going to kill your team. It's, it's going to be a real problem when uh, when Bergeron comes back for four million after next season. <laughs> and then like 38-year-old Patrice Bergeron's on like two million and he's still your best fucking player. <laughs> well, dude, if you can do the business, I don't care. Speaking of teams with terrible cap issues and then making them even worse, uh, why is Duncan Keith going to Edmonton? A smart move for Edmonton. I don't understand. Because can... <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about. <laughs> <laughs> I have you, heard, but why don't you, you tell with... me just in case I haven't heard? Are you familiar with the Stanley Cup, Dan? I have heard of it, William, yes. And, and did you know that if you win it, you get these like fucking magic powers, yeah? Oh, that really? You can you can make other people win it, no matter how old and slow and shit you've become. Oh, I didn't know that. There you go. That's that's why. That's right. why. I... It's almost like It's almost like you couldn't put a figure on that ability. It's almost like it's kind of intangible. Does that make sense? <laughs> you you could say team. that it's definitely it's something you yeah. cannot tange. I would say that's true. There is no tange ability. <laughs> no, absolutely no tang <laughs> to Duncan Keith. There's no tang I... anymore to Duncan Keith. I can I can understand. A okay, so let's let's hop back to what we were saying the other day. Ken Holland's turning back into Ken Holland, isn't he? Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> but I I can understand the fucking smooth brain trust, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Talking themselves. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I completely see how they're talking themselves into Duncan Keith's the fucking answer. Oh, of course. Because, 
because he's old, he's won the cup. He's basically they're they're looking at Duncan Keith and they're just seeing fucking Chris Pronger, aren't they? And they're thinking he's the one. He's what we need to take us over the top. Yeah, you know, workhorse defenseman. Blah 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 blah. But oh, mate, that's that's gonna be. I mean, how how bad can it be? Because they're already fucking bad. Here's how bad it can be. The bad news is, is that Edmonton for three or four years have been saying, just wait till we get to 2021. We're actually going to have some cap space available to do some stuff. And they're going to spunk 35% of it on a guy who's 37 years old and is very and is slowing down. That's uh, how soon, bad it can then be. Soon and to be just, 38 years old. Soon to be 38. And then he just back to square one again. I, yeah, I, th- I think it is going well, to... It's another one of those ones of... Um, I forget who we were saying about it the other day, but like, depends how much Dave Tippett uh, plays him. And, and I've been thinking about this for weeks, not to hijack this Duncan Keith uh, conversation. Why is nobody talking about Dave Tippett getting the fucking bin? I don't know. One, don't, of, one I... of the best you know, regular season performances from two of the best players in the world... And then they're flopping out in, in the playoffs. Like, why is that not falling at Dave Tippett's feet? I've, I haven't heard a single utterance of Dave Tippett getting so much as a, boy, you better sort out or we're going to kill you, let alone actually having his fucking head chopped off. Maybe they're still living in that kind of, that post, it's all Peter Chiarelli's fault. No one on this team is to blame. Oh, What's Ken Holland supposed to do? What's Dave Tippett supposed to do? You know, they got hamstrung with a bunch of shit players. Maybe they're still living in that. I don't know. I don't <laughs> for, know. What is Dave Tippett supposed to do? He's only got the two best players in the world. Like, come <laughs> on, how could he possibly... Like, God. It's, it's got to be the fact that he's, he's only had, like, the two... Um, the two fucking pandemic years. But I, I, guess, I don't guess so. give a shit, quite frankly. <laughs> No, I agree with you. I agree with you. There are... Oh, God, who, there was a... Jesus, there was a player I was thinking of the other day who hadn't performed that well in the playoffs. And I was I was thinking about the comparable to Mitch Marner and how Mitch Marner just gets so much fucking hate, yet this other player who hadn't performed, nobody seemed to give a shit. Nobody even mentioned it. Was it Connor I, I cannot... No, it wasn't. It wasn't Connor. I cannot remember who it was. I cannot remember who it was, and it's really bugging me now. Well, somebody who was playing this year, yeah? Yeah, yeah, and I th- I'm sure it was only went out in the first round, but but either way, yeah, it was the same. This is the same kind of thing. I mean, to be fair, like we've said, I mean, if the fucking refs actually called penalties, maybe Edmonton would have got a few power plays here and there. When you know, like we said before, Conor McDavid can't draw a single penalty in eight fucking playoff games. You fucking mad, bro? What are you doing? Like, there's no way that's possible. <laughs> there's no way that's possible. Are you mad, bro? You fucking mad, bro? What are you doing? Like, call the fucking penalties. Let's not get to that again. But I, th- I think it's that. I th- I think it's that kind of you know when a man like a manager in footy and they'll always say, well, it's not really his team yet. He's not had a transfer window or two to put his players in. And I, I think it's that. I think they're going to say, well, you know, Holland and Tippett haven't really been able to put their team together yet. They've had no cap space and, like I said, all these crappy players. And what are they supposed to do? And well, now we're going to find out. And there's <laughs> to be fair. And now we've got to the point where their first idea when getting the cap space, is to sign a 38-year-old defenseman who's very clearly slowing down because he knows what it takes to win, apparently. Who's, yeah, who's not even the best team out on his own team anymore and his own team of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, now, I'm, I'm glad you brought up footy, though, because I was thinking um, 
Yeah, let me spin you a little little yarn about uh, a man named Roman Abramovich and having sympathy <laughs> for managers and coaches. <laughs> Go on. I was, I was just fucking, what, Roberto Di Matteo was it? Who got fucking binned after winning the FA Cup? Mate, after he won the Champions League. It was after winning the Champions League. <laughs> yes. That Champions League win over by Munich was Di Matteo's Champions League oh, win. Oh, mate. That's what I'm saying. Like you can, you can win the biggest prize in in club football and still get binned off. Whereas Dave Tippett hasn't has made legally made the playoffs once in his last like seven seasons of coaching, and he's been he, his team has fucking collapsed in the playoffs last two seasons, and nobody's even thinking about him getting binned. I I want to get on the phone to him now and say you should watch out. You deserve to get fired. Christ, I'm not trying to bring this back to Toronto, but they've got the same record as Toronto. And, the, and people in Toronto are talking about, well, I mean, fucking Carl Dubas has got a, you know, I mean, look at what Lou's done in, in you know, on the island and all this kind of thing. Dubas has made these fucking idiot decisions. Sheldon Keefe's his guy. I mean, what's fucking Sheldon Keefe done? Fucking terrible decisions. Why, why is he still there? Let's get rid of him. Whereas in Edmonton, they're just kind of, well, you know, what can we do? We've got all these players that <laughs> aren't very good. Definitely. And, 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 right. It, it extends. It should extend to Ken Holland as well. To be honest, like just because Chiarelli was really bad, doesn't mean that if Ken Holland is also pretty bad, he shouldn't ex- escape the criticism. If you think... if you come into a really bad situation and make it worse, you, you should still. <laughs> That's a fair point. You should still get some flack for it. It doesn't happen like that though in footy, does it? In hockey, like in footy, like it's, they'll have crazy stats like, oh, well, this is the fourth manager this player's played for in a calendar year. That just doesn't happen in hockey. In hockey, they normally get at least two or three years. Yeah, like like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer talk about him getting getting binned off when he's guided United to the best league finish since fucking Ferguson left. Yeah, he's won cups. He's been like Europa League final. Won F1, I think he won an FA Cup or a League Cup or something. Actually won trophies and got it's them like to that. second place in the league. <laughs> and they're like, ah, oh, he's fucking shit. Get rid of him. <laughs> now you're right. That's a really good point. But it saying. is different. It's just perception, isn't it? Perception of different teams. And if you expect to do so, I don't know if people in Edmonton still don't expect their team to do anything. I think they still look at that team and go, we've only got two good players. Maybe that's what people... If, if I'm wrong, people Edmonton, let me know. I don't know what the kind of general consensus is there as to what they think, what Edmontonians think about that team. I, yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. It, it, it definitely seems like a sort of market where they're, they're not to paint everyone with the same brush, but like from a media standpoint, at least, the automatic reaction is blame the players, not blame yeah. the management. When I think it probably should be the other way around, really, like... How it's so? It's like we were saying about with um with Montreal. Like how how much better can how how much more effort and how how much better do you want Drysdale and McDavid to get? Because they can't get much better. How yeah, can exactly. how can you how can you be the yeah realistically at the moment the two best players in the league or close enough? You know, two of the top five best. Whatever, however you want to slice it, they're really fucking good, and you want them to be better. Like that's that's not, it's not their fucking fault. Conor McDavid only with the 574 points in 407 games. That's all he's done. That's all he's done for all he's That's done. That's all he's done. Quick on the last Duncan Keith thing. What would you take Duncan Keith at any price point if you're Edmonton, or would you just say no? I just don't. I just don't want it for any because I just don't want to eat up any of my cap. 
making sense, obviously, that the Blackhawks have to say, of course we'll retain 50% of his salary. <laughs> Would you do it at that? I don't think so. I like it. Even, yeah, I even, so if they, even if they retain 50%, what, you're looking at 2.9? 2, 2, 2, 2.7, 2.8, something like that. Yeah, Around whatever. There. I haven't got it in front of me, whatever the maths is. And they don't even have that much cap space, realistically, Edmonton. Like, they've I still got, especially now they've resigned Nuge. Like, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but like, still got James Neal for another two years at 5.75. Still got Zach Cassian at fucking 3.2 for another three years. Like, they've only got, how much, how much they've got? They've got 16 million space. And yeah, they've got a fairly full roster. But isn't that part of the problem as well? Like, what that roster's fucking full yeah. of? It's, and they've got a resign cleft bomb, have they? No, he's injured. They've got to re-sign Larson if they want to. Yeah, Larson, that was it, yeah. Larson's, Larson's the one. Maybe re-sign Mike Smith because they fucking love him. I was going to say, like, they're going to need a goalie. They can't just go with fucking Koskinen and Staylock. Exactly. Like they're, That money will disappear quickly if they re-sign the players that they want to re-sign. And then you're still basically... It's, it, yeah, there's money coming off the books, but the players ain't coming off the books is the problem. They're still going to be, by and large, the same team they had out last year. Yeah, you're right. It's not exactly a complete overhaul, is it? Like, yeah, like you look at the forwards coming off the books. Jason, uh, George Kerr, Tyler Ennis, pa- Patrick Russell, whoever the fuck that is. Kali Kali is not our fan, so it's Dominic Coons, so they'll be back. But those four, like, yeah, not not amazing players, but I don't look at any of them and think, yeah, they're the fucking problem in Edmonton. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of excitement for not a lot of hope, as far as I'm concerned. And as well, if if the grand plan to fix it and to make everybody happy is to sign Duncan Keith at 38 years old, you've got much bigger problems than Duncan Keith at 38 years old. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's that's where it really, as as it has been for for the last what 10 years in Edmonton. Like, yeah, the problems aren't even don't. <laughs> The problems don't end at the fucking Samboni door, do they? <laughs> exactly. They are coming all just, the way off the ice with you. Just quickly on Chicago still, uh, Jonathan Taves, not saying the word COVID, said he was battling through a chronic immune response syndrome where he believed over the course of his career that basically his body had just started to break down and wasn't repairing itself and he couldn't seemingly recover from little niggles and injuries. Do you think this was a way of him covering uh, himself by saying he didn't get vaccinated and got COVID? Because <laughs> that's what I thought straight away. <laughs> that was like a, a year-long COVID. I mean, it happens, but... Yeah, it can happen, can't it? You don't know. <laughs> it, it sure can. <laughs> he just kept um, getting it. He just kept getting it. Now, I think I think he's um, he's like sowing the seeds for, for what, in like three years or something, where he takes one for the team and he, uh, he pulls a pulls Marion Hosa. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Blackhawks the Black know that people are onto them now with this whole fucking like, oh, I mean, shit, allergic to your hockey equipment shit. So they're like, right, if we just if we just say now... We'll get out of there now. Oh, to be fair, there's only, there's only two years left on his deal anyway. Yeah, he's going to retire, definitely. It's over. <laughs> it's over, that's it. What's he going to be allergic to? Let's play, place your bets now, folks. Well, it's, it's just, just what, he's, what he's outlined already. Like, yeah, I'm... Life. He's allergic yeah. to life. <laughs> of, uh, it's, it's called aging, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan Taves did an interview with Athletic. You know those aliens at the end of War of the Worlds where they just can't live on this planet. I've, I've got that. I think 
I think I'm allergic to that. <laughs> I think I wouldn't be surprised. He is a bit of an alien, to be fair. To be fair, yeah, it's a fair point. He, get, he gets into his tripod spaceship and just goes home. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad in Chicago. Like, this is the thing with Chicago. Anytime anybody has an actual legitimate... I mean, this could be a legitimate thing that ruins his life, and people are just going to oh, go, it probably, yeah, probably right, is. Of course you do, mate. Of course you do, mate. Of course you've got problems with fucking your immune system. Whatever. <laughs> it's probably when you're part of the most hated uh, franchise in all of hockey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're the captain of that franchise. <laughs> He's the puppet master. <laughs> and I don't think Dave isn't a particularly loathsome human being, as far as I'm aware. It's no, not, yeah, not as far as I know. Not compared to uh, some of his teammates, at the very least. Uh, yeah, so I can't. I'm sure. I'm sure he's telling the truth. I'm sure he's telling the truth. Wink. Oh, wink. That's nice. Yeah, of course he is. Of course you are, mate. There is a new head coach in Arizona. Who? To be who? fair, yeah, that's it. Who? Well, no. Okay, this is what I was going to say. To be fair, I read the uh, the name and I went, huh. Tourney, never heard of that guy. The initial suggestion was with this was this hire was that he's kind of an unknown guy or something. But he does have a good track record and he is a good coach who's proven himself at different levels. He's been an OHL coach of the year twice and a QMJHL coach of the year. And he was also named coach of the year in um, for all of Canadian junior, junior hockey. And I think we do say sometimes, don't we, that, oh, God, you're just going to hire another guy who fucking knows the ropes or HR doesn't have to show around because he's worked in this business before. So to be fair to the Coyotes, they are actually giving a guy a chance who's kind of paid his dues. And I, I'm not saying I didn't, you know, I did say that. I was kind of like, who the hell's this guy? Like, what are they doing? But to be fair to them, I think it's I think it's a decent hire and a guy who deserves a shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at, look at it. I honestly hadn't even looked into him. I just saw the name. I was like, "Who the fuck is that? Who cares?" Yeah, that, yeah, um, me too. But that's why I looked into him. I was like, "Who the fuck is yeah, this guy?" Like, he's 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 got the resume. He's, he's about as good as you can be in junior hockey, coach wise. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you. Why not? Why not? Um, didn't really uh, didn't really cups from the looks of it, which is a bit of a shame. Doesn't have that winning mentality. <laughs> it would appear. I expect uh, to trade for Duncan Keith any day now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not, not to help the players win, to help the coach win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Andre Tourne is doing it to get uh, to get himself some fucking winning mentality in there. <laughs> not the players. He's he's pulling key for sideline. So, what, what, who do you think I should put on the power play? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, Keith's going to be as a he's going to be a player assistant manager. We're going to have a player manager, aren't we, in hockey? Maybe, maybe that's why Edmonton aren't getting rid of Dave Tippett because they're actually bringing in Duncan Keith to be their coach. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Assistant head coach, assistant head coach Duncan Keith, and that's why yeah, he's worth that money. He's doing two jobs. It's <laughs> two for the price of one. I, I, I think, yeah, I think you're spot on there. To be honest, he's why not? Why not? You know, it's it's, it's like when when teams hire out of out of the NCAA or, or anywhere that isn't the NHL. Cool, you got to have, you got to have some coaching experience, and rather it not be in the NHL. And the thing with the coaches that we've all talked about for the longest time is that. Their young players haven't performed like people thought they would perform. Like your fucking Kellers, Schmaltz, Dvorak's. Fucking Jacob Chikrin's good, but I'm sure people think he could be better. So go and get I do, a guy. To be, to be fair to Chikrin, he's he's really he really had a good season. He's definitely taking taking the steps you'd want a young D man to take. Like yeah, he's he's not turned into 
prime Eric Carlson, but I don't think he ever will. Like he's getting as as better as you can expect of of his his makeup as a player. That's true. That's fair. But then, so then, yeah. So it, it makes sense to go and get a coach who's apparently and the um, awards would show very good at coaching young players because we will say a million times like you bring veterans in they don't really need coaching if you've got I mean, even a guy who's 28 29 he doesn't really need coaching up that much just needs a few pointers here or there but if you've got players who are sort of 21 to 25 yeah they do need help you know even if they've been in the league for two or three years they still need help and they sometimes still need an arm around them and all that kind of thing and if this guy's got those tools in his uh, in his toolbox then it's a it's a good hire i think Absolutely. It's worth taking a risk on at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's the fucking Coyotes. Why not? Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, what, you, could have th- to lose? you could have just thrown You could have thrown a dart at the fucking phone book. Okay, this guy. Let's try it. Why not? Should have given uh, Scott Parker the job. Or who, who's that Who's that kid that was the fucking Tottenham manager Scott for Parker. half a minute? Oh, Ryan... Ryan, Ryan Mason. Oh, Ryan, Ryan Mason. Mason. Ryan Mason. Yeah, yeah Ryan Mason. Bring Ryan Mason in. Why not? Yeah, well, I'm sure Andre Villas Boas will be getting a call as well any day now. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> as, we just, as we just start to name fucking old Tottenham managers. Yeah, but we're, we're looking for, if we're looking for shit managers, that's you don't need to look much further, do you? Hey, there you go. Get a little cheeky dig in there. Hey, always appreciate hey, it. Always appreciate it. North I'm sure there'll be jokes right. about fucking carpet and dust in their fucking trophy cabinet, all that kind of stuff as well. That's well, right, rightly so, as as they deserve. Of course, uh, we did tell, we did try to warn you, uh, nay, one week ago, North America, you start letting these Brits into your sport, and there's no telling where this is going to end up. As Alex Graham from Sheffield goes to the uh, Niagara Ice Dogs in the draft, it's it's just no. we're just taking over now, mate. That's what's going to happen. We have tried Sh- to tell people, you know. Specifically from Sheffield, which is now, as we were discussing before the show, clearly becoming uh, one of the major cities of the UK, without a doubt. Yeah, well, it's it's the hockey it's the hockey capital of the world. Will anybody knows that? I'm sure TSN and Sportsnet will be moving over to Sheffield any day now. <laughs> That's what TSN is going to start sta- standing for. Total Sheffield News. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> Total Sheffield News. Fuck's sake. Uh, a couple of little fun stats to uh, to round out the show. Aziza suddenly started appearing, and I I love them. That uh, sorry, Leafs fans, turn off. I, I try not to dig on your team too much, but they now do, own the do longest you? cup. Tr- yeah, I do. I do. Like, I I feel. Do you know what it is? I feel. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If anyone's new listening to the show, I feel sorry for Leaf fans. I really do because nobody gets behind their team like they do. They're always hyped for their team. They love all the signings. They're always like, yes, let's go. Great signing. Love it. Brilliant. And then the team just shits on them every time. And they're still super massively supported. Anytime, you, anytime there's a Leafs game, whichever whichever arena it's at, like at least 25% of the stadium is Leaf fans. They travel really well. They fucking get behind them. And I kind of feel, I feel a bit for them. I think they uh, their team just does them no favours. Uh, Leafs are now the longest cup drought in history in terms of days. The uh, the previous longest was the Rangers, who went from 1950 to 1994, and the Leafs now own that stat as well. Shit, Just even worrisome yeah. for them to be miserable. <laughs> there's no there's no comparable in sports to them, is there? There's no comparable in sports where a team gets covered that much, but has had so little success in any way. In any yeah, way. it's 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 the combination, isn't it? Like coverage wise, I'd say they're they're the Man United of hockey. Coverage wise. It's a lack of recent success because, like, you could you could have argued 
No, even even Liverpool, like in their drought of of success, they weren't covered in the same way that the Leafs are. And his thing, Liverpool yeah. had success; they just didn't win the league. That was all. They won everything else. There was a season where they yeah, won, yeah. they won the League Cup, the FA Cup, and the UEFA Cup in one season. They won the Champions League in two thousand five. They have won cups, and they had won stuff and had been successful. It was only the league they hadn't won. That was it. But then is is the comparable not saying like all oh, the Leafs have won their division and stuff? God, the conference finals. That's that's the closest comparison you could have compared to getting like domestic cups, isn't it? I guess so. The, the two teams I could maybe think of would be the Yankees and the in baseball and the Cowboys in American football. Even those two teams have won stuff in the last thirty years. It's not quite the same. Oh, I've, I've got one for you. Oh God! I got. Let me think. Let me think. Hang on. I'm it's, just thinking. Uh, it's 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 so blindingly obvious. I'm glad. I'm, I'm oh, glad I've worked fuck. it out. Shit. Go on. The England national football team. <laughs> Do you know what? I I was genuinely before the Euro started. I was going through. I was going to try and do a thing on here where we went through, just in case people, hockey fans, were going to watch the Euros. And I was going to say this team is. So if you need to know, if you need a comparable for hockey, this team is this <laughs> team. England is blindingly the Leafs. There's no bigger. I mean, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. No, no question. Like, they, they have a longer drought than the Leafs do. That is true. <laughs> that is true. And and get hyped up much more than than the Leafs do. And arguably, are in a similar sort of a uh, similar sort of like a part window. Of, part, yeah, window of the life cycle. You know, best team we've had in years. Best players we've had in years. Now's the time to strike. And. Yeah, it's different because you know, England got to the semi-finals of the last World Cup. They're in the semi-finals of the Euros. That's fantastic success for England. But yeah, when you're looking, you haven't won a trophy since 1966. Leaves haven't won, a, won the Cup since 1967. Yeah, you're Harry right. Kane, you're right. Harry Kane, Austin Matthews, both going a little bit bald. One faster than the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a really good comparison. Well, if England go up three one tonight and end up losing four three, I'll just that'll be it. That'll be the clincher. <laughs> oh, don't. I, I'm tonight's game against Denmark is one I'm definitely just trying not to think about at all. Because if I Dude, think too much, absolute, like it's, this has got fucking banana skin written all over it, mate. Without a doubt, without a doubt, without a doubt. You know, dispatch Germany. You should have been more of a problem. Go through the Ukraine, which they should have done. But like, you know, it's it's that thing. Like, right, we've beaten teams that are as good as as good as us. You know, we've beaten hard teams. We've beaten teams that we should beat, and now we're up against the team that, in theory, we should beat, but have a bit of that fucking fairy dust around them. Oh mate, yeah, they Dude, should be. The it, should, like... it should be Italy, England in the final. It should be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Like everyone is thinking it. Yeah, it should be. It should be. That would be. But then, do you know the story behind Denmark winning the Euros in '92? Do you oh, know mate, why I, they? I, only, I only found out like this this year for this Euros. Oh really? No it, way. Because um, Yugoslavia got got disqualified because they were no longer a nation state or something like that. Yeah, they were disqualified because of the, the basically the civil war in Yugoslavia. They were disqualified yeah. from the tournament because of that. And UEFA just put Denmark in and then they won it. <laughs> and they beat Germany in the final. And again, it was such a massive there's no way Denmark are winning this game. This is ridiculous. They're like Germany are gonna win six or seven nil. And then Denmark won two nil. It was an absolute they, fairy tale. They had one player in Michael Laudrup and the rest were just fucking local plumbers. Yeah, we're just geezers basically. Was it so yeah, was Michael the, on that team as well? Or? I think so. 
I remember. I remember John. Yeah, I remember John Jensen was on that team. I ended up playing for Arsenal. Fucking no. Never heard of John Jensen. There was a big. He, I think he scored Jensen. one goal. I think he scored one goal from midfield in about 250 games or something for the Arsenal. Legend. But yeah, yes. he he went to Arsenal after winning the Euros with Denmark. <laughs> oh no, uh, age old, age old problem. Oh, they had Henrik Larsson. No, they didn't. He's Swedish. I'm reading it right here, Henrik Larsson. <laughs> well, okay, so they had a Henrik Larsson, not the be- Henrik Larsson. Be- before he metamorphosized into Henrik Larsson and became into Swedish. the real Henrik Larsson in, yeah. in Swedish, yeah. And then uh, the last stat, which is even more remarkable, did you see the one about Yaga that came out this week? Oh no! What's 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 he done now? Fucking hell! Unbelievable! Every single Stanley Cup final since 1980 up to right now has had a player on it who was a teammate of his. Wait, sorry, say that again. That didn't that didn't perforate my eardrums for some reason. Right, right. Listen. So every cup finals since 1980 up to now. So this cup final has had a player on it who at one point was a teammate of Yaga's. What the fuck? <laughs> that blew my mind. That's that blew my mind. 41 consecutive cup finals has had a player that has played with Yarmir Yaga involved. Yep. That's Isn't that ace? Not, that's not true. That isn't true. Is. The list is out there as well. That's... It came via um, NHL Europe or... Was it Hockey Europe? I can't remember, but yeah, the list is Whatever it might be. That's, you, can find, you can find all the players. That's utter madness, isn't it? That's, that is, that's fake. Like, my, my brain can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those, like, that can't be possible. It just can't be. I, I, no, it even, is. even if you said from, like, 1990 to now, or 1995 to now, 2000 to now, I would not be able to believe that. 41 years of, of standing up finals. Oh, my God. You know that, that alone makes so. him the greatest player ever. Yeah, he's the greatest player ever. That's what that means. <laughs> no, I think to me that's more, off that's more showing that he is the product of the players around him. Because <laughs> Yarmir Yarmir, he hasn't been to 41 consecutive Stanley Cup finals, has he? He's been hey, you're the right. players around him. You're right. So he's, he's the TLDR on this, as we discovered earlier with Earth, is Yaga overrated. There you go. Over, yeah, quite the opposite of Earth. Earth underrated, yeah. Yaga overrated. Write that down, people. It's very important. <laughs> Earth underrated, Yaga overrated. Oh, fucking um, hell, what a comparable between two things. <laughs> That's fantastic. Fucking two things of a very similar magnitude, I'd say, the the planet we live on and Yarabe Yaga. Well, to be fair, apparently, yeah, they're all encompassing, aren't they? If you believe that, um, that, that Yaga stat, they just apparently touch everybody in every single way. It's uh, There's going to be some weird fucking stat or something. It turns out Yaga's related to kind of, I don't know, fucking like massive people from history or something. You're going to start finding him in old photographs. From like the fucking start of the First World War or the Battle of the Mongols or something. Yeah. So it's like Yaga, Jesus. What's he y- doing y- there? Yaga played junior hockey with the missing link. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Lord Lucan's been found. He's been hiding in Yaga's basement since so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, that's that's that fabulous. The gift that keeps on giving, surely. He is. What a man. What a fucking man. <sighs> Just fantastic. That, right. that was a that was a beautiful thing to end on because I'm, I'm flabbergasted now. I can't I can't say anything else. Jesus Christ. Yaga, you know, thinking about it, Yarmir Yaga should have the biggest Wikipedia page in the world. If you just like look at all the trees that come off Yarmir Yaga and all the players that kind of like come off him, it'd be fucking nuts. I I, I know we don't that those players accomplish. 
Uh, I know we don't acknowledge any players that played before 1989, but fucking hell, he's got to have an award named after him, hasn't he? He's got to. He's got to. Like, he, I, I don't think... Maybe it's because he's still playing out in Cladno, but, like, as a league, we don't do enough to respect the Yarra and everything he's done. You're right. That's... Uh... Just, just very quickly, very quickly. When we did our, I mentioned this a few months ago, but when we drafted our European team and we couldn't take the same player, and nobody, nobody mentioned Yaga, who I took, I think second. I think who, I think you took Lidstrom first, didn't you? And I took Yaga. Yeah. And nobody, all anybody talked about was the fact that I had Hashek and you had Lidstrom. That was it. Nobody mentioned Yaga, and I kept thinking, surely someone's going to mention the fact that Yaga's on my team, and he's like. <laughs> So fucking no, just breeze past Yaga. No one cares. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, whatever. I think th- I think the problem with Yaga's legacy is like because he played with Mario during his ah. initial prime, and that like I don't think he's as appreciated as a as a game breaker. You're right, but dude, I don't know. I was just thinking like like the fucking you know the Mark Messier leadership award. <laughs> Like, we can fucking make up awards for Mark Messier, which is the same as the fucking King Clancy, which is the same as the fucking Lady Bing, but, you know, why has it fucking Yaga got an award? The, like, there should be, like, you know, like a best overseas player or something. Best non-North American player should be the Yaga Award. Oh, that's, that's a How really that? good idea because we don't respect non-North American players in, in the NHL. Exactly. And only non-North Americans can vote on it. God, fucking, that's, that's a fucking idea, isn't it? That is an yeah, idea. How tasty is that idea? Not bad, that is it? That'd, that'd be seven geezers voting on the award every year. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be Yarmo. Um, GMs. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how you do it. Wait, it'd have to be someone involved in the league because they wouldn't let fucking plebs vote on it, would they? Look what happened oh, last fair time. Fair point. They're scared yeah, of us now. <laughs> good point. <laughs> let me tell you the tale of John Scott. <laughs> I won't expect a ballot in the mail anytime soon for me to vote <laughs> on the uh, the Yarimay Yard. We Maybe. should fucking dude, Maybe no, then. we're fucking doing this now. This is our idea. Fuck you, right? I'm going to mail myself this idea so it's fucking legal. Next week, <laughs> next week, we're going to put forward our cases for the Yarimay Yaga Overseas Player of the Year in the NHL this year. All right, all right. I think that's a all good right. idea. How about we're that? Do a top three. Yeah, we'll do a yeah, we'll do a top three. We'll do a top three. I'm penciling this in right now into my tickler file. <laughs> oh, you say just regular season or uh, playoffs as well? No, we'll go playoffs as well. It, it should count. Well, it's fucking dumb, stupid stuff about like the regular season and the playoffs. No, they're playing hockey. It's the same sport, so everything should count. Kucherov uh, has, has re-entered the chat, as they say. Exactly. See, already what? there's a good conversation. There's a great conversation. Does his playoff overshadow anybody else's regular season because he's been so dominant? <laughs> there you go. Save it to next week. There's a fucking teaser, folks. How about that? Well, should we have two? Should we have two awards though? Best European <laughs> player who plays for the Tampa Bay Lightning and best European player who doesn't play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> I like how this has started already. There's too many stupid NHL awards. We had one idea, and within 20 seconds, we've now got two awards. <laughs> well, just we we don't want it to just be um, Kudrov, Vasilevsky, and Hedman, do we? <laughs> Fair, but I think we're gonna have to look we're gonna have to look at context and all that kind of thing. Like are you on a shit team but you're a really good player? Maybe that should come into account. Alright, fine then. Kudrov, Vasilevsky and Oliver Ekman Larson then. 
Well, it's not put me doing my ballot now because you've just stolen it. It's so done, mate. It's done. And the winner is Oliver Ekman Larson. Congratulations, Oliver. Come <laughs> yeah. down. Right. Next week, that's what we're doing. Overseas Cut. Player of the Year, top threes. It's the Yarame Yager Award. There's a teaser. Good thing, good thing we got the um, uh, you know, the Lightning winning the Cup out of the way this week. So that we don't yes, have to borrow, that's true. borrow about that next week. Yeah, they won't have to overshadow it. The most, the most prestigious award in all of hockey. Get the get the word out. We'll get we'll get some uh, we'll get an awards ceremony going. Get some guests in. Someone could do some magic. <laughs> that fails. I'll get my I'll get my daughter to do it. She's better <laughs> at magic than that <laughs> idiot they had on the fucking show that time. <laughs> fucking Scott Oaks kid. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> oh god, I'm sweating. I'm just thinking about how cringeworthy that was. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. That's that's the worst way to end a show. All right. Let's get out of here. Thank you for listening, everybody. Will any last words? Uh, come on. England. There we go. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.